then one day I, um, I was filming something and I smashed the camera. I did actually at least break it doing something cool. It was when I was building my tower, putting the top on it. I had it up on the top of the tower on a tripod filming myself. And I think a big gust of wind got it and it fell all the way from the top to the ground. And I was like, oh man, that's like 400 bucks right there. Let me, <laughs> I turned on, that's when I, the day I turned on the monetization thing to buy it, to replace that camera. This is Andrew Camerata here. I have a, a YouTube channel with my name, Andrew Camerata. I do a lot of construction work, welding work, built a very unique building, which is all covered on there. Talking here of Sid Phillips today. You got a bunch of questions for me here? Yeah, mate. Welcome to the Proper Job Podcast. It was uh, Cody's birthday today. It is. He is one years old. And Levi's still going strong? Yeah, he's doing good. He's like 14 and five months, something like that. 14, 14 years. But he's doing good. We had a good day today. Really nice weather out today. I mean, yeah, we're getting into winter though, so it's getting cold. Tell me a little bit about the heating solutions you have for the place where you live. It's only one little room I heat. Right. So it's really easy to keep it heated because to try to heat that whole building would be hard because it's enormous. Although I did just install a pellet stove on the second floor um, and it definitely warms it up, but it hasn't gotten real cold yet. So I'll see how it works once it's winter time, but it's a huge building and it's not insulated. So heating the whole thing would be a little tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But I usually don't care. I mean, I, don't mind just letting it be the same temperature as it is outside. I just kind of feel like if I just force myself to get used to it. Yeah, it's tough for a few weeks, the first few real cold weeks, but then I just get used to it and it's really not bad. Yeah, just put more layers on it. What well, kind of, I mean, the trick is to kind of freeze yourself early on. Like when you start wanting to put on a coat, like in November, December, the trick is not to just be, just get used to it. And then once it actually gets cold, it's, I'm generally used to it by then, so. I think that's what actually appealed to me most about your videos is your, your, your problem solving. And if you can't solve it, well, your work ethic allows you to overcome it. And that makes me wonder, like, how did you get on in school? I did the regular high school thing to 12th grade. And then mm -hmm. one great thing I did do, they have this trade school program at high school where you take the bus essentially to another building and I took computer repair in that. And that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of stuff. I also took small engine repair in high school. That was good. Then after high school, I went to college for more computer repair stuff, computer networking. Um, but then I kind of realized I did not want to do that as a job, but I also went back to that trade school and took some welding classes and some auto repair classes. But I wouldn't say that's the only place I learned from, probably far from it, but it was still a good experience to to see a lot of that stuff. How did you get on the school system though? Did you did you kind of fit in with the whole like sort of lesson planning and structure or did you find it a little bit tough for someone like you who seems to like to do things his own way? I did all right. I didn't do as well with some classes in high school, like English and Spanish class for some reason. I didn't learn a drop of Spanish. That was a waste of time. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, I did well with math and science. Those are the ones I did good at. So what was it about the computer repair that appealed to you at the time? My, I mean, my dad had computers early on and I just, you know, I always spent time with them. Even like our first computer, we had a Zeos 386. It was like a 33 megahertz computer and it was, so it was there early on. So it just kind of was fun, fun to use. 
Oh, right. Okay. So did the passion for making and fixing things, did that come from your dad too? Yeah. One thing we would do was um, we get stuff a lot of times are broken, sometimes even just out of the dump. You know, people would throw stuff out all the time and, you know, we'd take things, fix it, and then have like a perfectly useful item for essentially no money or very cheap. That should be taught in school, shouldn't it? Because that's a very useful skill to have. Yeah, it definitely is. We had the small engines class in school. That was useful because we we're working on engines, you know, rebuilding them, you know, lawnmowers and stuff. But it it teaches you quite a bit. So obviously, once you've done the the whole school system and you've you've learned these trades, is that what made you then get into the the property maintenance business? That kind of happened as a little bit more of a necessity. So after doing school. I got a job working at the post office delivering mail, and that was a pretty cool job. I mean, I, I had other jobs too, but um, the post office at least paid somewhat decent. But I didn't want to work for computers, and I was delivering mail. But then I also kind of realized I really wanted to buy a piece of property, so I kind of was working hard, you know, saving money for that. And But then I kind of realized, like, then I bought... In excavators, like oh, I can make money with this. I bought a bulldozer. I was like, all right, this can I can make money with that, and I can use it on my property. Plus, I just operating that equipment really appealed to me. So that's pretty much what got me started was because I was doing it on both fronts because I needed it for my own property, and I figured it was stuff that was a good investment that I could make money with operating or rent it out or just it just seemed like it made sense all the way around. And it you know years later, yes, it, it did make sense. So. Yeah, I agree. It definitely worked out for you. I just want to move on to the house you built. To give a little bit of context to the people listening, you actually built this house yourself with very little help from others. Uh, you utilised the vast amount of machinery you have, including your own crane. I mean, building your own place is already pretty impressive, but it's not exactly a normal-looking house either. It utilises a bunch of cargo shipping containers... Uh, some on the horizontal, some rotated 90 degrees, so they're vertical. It's four floors high, and it's made to look like a castle. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I take it it was obviously a goal for you to build your own place? Yeah, that that was a goal. Because, like, I mean, you know, who wants to live, you know, like before I live with my parents, like who wants to do that? I skipped the whole, you know, apartment phase thing. I just seemed like that was always just a complete waste of money. So I went straight from... You know, and I knew I wanted to build my building the way I wanted to build it, so I wasn't only I was only looking at vacant pieces of property, and that's all I could afford too. So it's a lovely bit of land. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's up on a hill. You know, I think that's why it was a decent price at the time when I got it, because it was all a hillside. So, but yeah, that's what I wanted on the edge of town, because I didn't want neighbors. I wanted a big lot, because um, you know I always do things that annoy neighbors. So it's best just to. You know, you need a lot of land for for doing stuff like what I'm doing. So, so where did the idea come from to build a container castle? That came from, well, the idea appealed to me because the containers are relatively cheap and they're really strong. So I figured I could put up a fireproof building that could go up very fast, and I wanted it to be indestructible as far as not getting damaged from, you know, fire or time or storm like one time hurricane irene i had a ton of trees fall down knock down buildings damage buildings i saw plenty of other people's with their 
buildings damaged. You know, when I was with the fire department, it was like we'd go to these house fires, and I was like, why would anyone build? And you'd see these houses burned down, and like, why would anyone make something out of wood? That's just crazy. So that's what appealed to me. I made the entire building out of steel and concrete. And since I, I'm, you know, I, a, a welder, so it just was a lot easier to build it out of steel anyway. And plus, like when you start doing the math too, it's it's almost cheaper to build the way I built. Like it's kind of expensive, but it's kind of not. So did you have the, like the design idea in your head? Yes. Well, it took me a while. I knew I wanted to do something like that. It just took a while to figure out how to do it because I wanted a concrete roof at first. Okay. And I didn't know how to do that. And then someone suggested spancrete to me, which is like a precast concrete slab that can be a roof. And then once I started learning about all these different materials, it just kind of came together. I know from watching your videos, you're upgrading uh, the house too. You're building on top of the roof and I've seen you utilizing SketchUp uh, and it seems you're pretty proficient at it. Was that something you learned in school? I did not learn that from school. The way I learned SketchUp was when I first designed my building, I got an engineer involved to help me with the plan. So first when I built designed my building, I actually made a little model of it, just out of like balsa wood and, and wood and cardboard, just stuff like that. And that's something my dad had did too. Once when we put a big addition on our house in the early 90s, my dad actually did a really good job making the addition out of cardboard. But I mean, the thing looks like a photo of the house. Everything's colored right and perfect. And then he essentially showed it to the carpenter and said, build this. This is the addition. Um, so I just kind of went the same route. I built my building out of, I made a model. And then when I was talking to the engineer with the plans, he ended up drawing the whole building in SketchUp. And that's how we were able to communicate through you know emails, just emailing the the building and the revisions back and forth, and then you know SketchUp was pretty easy to use. You know you can teach yourself how to use it with the tutorials that are available. So, but that's how I kind of forced myself to learn how to use it. Yeah, you 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 talk about your dad and like learning the the sort of like, like how to fix things and the, and the computer things. You've also got a very high skill level when it comes to business. I feel was that something else that came from your dad? Uh no, he didn't do any business stuff. I mean, he had a dump truck when I was a little kid and did gravel deliveries, but it never got much more than that. Um, I mean, he worked at the post office too, so. Right, okay. As a postmaster, and that's that's how I got started there. And you also said something about the um, being in the fire service. Yeah, well, that's just a volunteer uh. thing. I did, I did that for about four years. I mean, it's, that's a great thing to do to help the community i mean it's a little tough to be volunteering all your time to it's, it's essentially a job you don't get paid for but um it was still a great good thing to do uh, i'm not in it right anymore but yeah because in in the second edition of uh, the build of of your house uh you you do talk a lot about fire safety uh -huh. and i take it that's come from this this volunteer experience yeah i definitely got a lot of training out of that and i kind of learned how not to build a building so did you have the business before that the property maintenance business um i mean it's kind of hard to pick a complete start time i mean as i was delivering mail i started picking up like lawn mowing jobs but they, they didn't really pay anything uh -huh. um but then once i got that first excavator i started taking excavation jobs and then 
started realizing, you know, I really like doing this and this can turn into a position where I actually make money. Um, I mean, you, you feel like you're making money cause like, you know, you get paid a lot in jobs, but you always end up putting it right back into the business. But then I made, I made, it was kind of, I made a slow transition into that business because I was delivering mail, but it wasn't a full-time job. So it actually worked out really well because I had time to do both things. So it's like, it'd be tough for someone who's working a full-time job to just quit what they're doing to start a business. That That's hard. That's a hard transition. I, I'd slowly ease into it. So because of that though, it's a little tricky to pick a start time. I mean, I guess you could almost say when I quit the post office is when I was a hundred percent full-time, but I was working pretty steadily, you know, you know, for, for, for years too, anyway, while I was still there. So how long ago was that then? Uh, 2010, 12. I don't know. I feel like I should know this maybe 11. 2000. So sort of nine, nine years kind of Yeah, nine, nine years. Let's say, let's say I quit post office nine years ago which that's geez that seems like a long time but that's maybe not geez, i i feel like i should know that time yeah. flies eh i should have i, sh I should have quit sooner i know that well, i talk about the business um sort of your entrepreneurial ship i think that's the right word to use is that one of the things i was watching your videos a tip you gave out for someone who perhaps wanted to get into something um, which is similar to property maintenance, was you would go past yards and if you'd see the, they were untidy, you'd, you'd kind of go and knock on the door and, and pitch your services. Yeah, that has worked well in the past. Any tips for someone who wants to get into property management? Yeah, make sure you do a good job and your customers are happy because most of my jobs were all like word of mouth. Um, so if, if people aren't happy with things you do, you're not going to have that. Best way of gaining business, isn't it? Word of mouth. There's not much that comes through sort of advertising. It's uh, always word of mouth, I find. I mean, there's both. I mean, one thing when I was advertising, I almost, I used to advertise like brush hogging and, and lawn mowing. And sometimes like you'd show up to do something like that. And then, you know, you get your, your foot in it. Like if you, you meet cool people doing that and then like they'll have other projects. And, and that's too, like you could suggest stuff to people too. Um, so I've, I've gotten jobs that way, uh, you know, just, you're there mowing a lawn or something and then, you know, and then there's a tree job or. Have you been always that kind of guy, that sort of get up and go attitude? Yeah, I, you could say that. You could say that. I mean, another, here's another example too. Even when I'd be out doing anything, even delivering mail, I remember for a while I was fixing lawn mowers. Um, and like, I'd be, you'd be driving by someone and hear that their lawn mower is running rough. Like there was these one Briggs and Stratton mowers that were super popular and they needed this fuel pump installed about every five years, but people didn't know that. And you'd hear them like running really bad and I'd stop and say, Hey, I could fix that mower for 40 bucks, make it run like new again. And I got a lot of them just like that. Like, Hey, I'll pick it up and drop it off tomorrow. And, uh, and people were always thrilled to have their mower working perfect for 40 bucks. You know, and it'd be like a $3 fuel pump that people didn't know about. That was super easy to change. So, but yeah, I did a lot of lawnmower repairs too. Cause you could, for kids that want to start doing something, it's cause you, people, lawnmowers around here, like they'll stop running those push mowers. They'll stop running people. They throw them out and buy a new one. So it's super easy to get them broken for free or very cheap. And then they're usually pretty easy to fix. And then you can. Put an ad. I was selling them on Craigslist. I put an ad on Craigslist like lawnmowers for sale, and then I, you know, write in the ad like, "Hey, you know, I'll take trade-ins too." And a lot of times, people bring in broken ones as a trade-in. You know, you knock off five, ten bucks, 
or whatever on on their mower sale, and then, but you, you keep getting mowers to fix, and so it was I don't know. It, it was yeah, it's a good thing to. Are you surprised about what people the the, the kind of machines people throw out? N- no, I'm not surprised because I mean because you could see it gets depends on the position you're in if you're making good money or whatever and you don't know how to fix a lawnmower and some of the people who fix them are charging too much or whatever no it's not it's not surprising i mean a a little bit because sometimes stuff's really easy to fix not everyone makes the best decisions you could say so that's probably one way to look at it like oh that someone throwing something out that was fixable isn't a good call but because that's how you source most of your equipment isn't it it had been yeah when i was first starting out and couldn't afford stuff right so it's sort of a necessity thing at the time yeah and that's now sort of like shifted a little bit because you're kind of like purchasing sort of new equipment now yeah yeah i mean that's that should be a goal of anyone's business to not be using junk the whole time but um, but i still have a lot of the first pieces i bought too like that first excavator i ever bought i I still have that that's been i've had that like, like 12 years now and it's been fine and have you always brought sort of purchase machines as you're going as you get a job to do and you might not have a particular piece of equipment you'll get it to do that job or do you perceive sort of adverts and say right i can fix that and then get the machine that way both definitely both so you sound kind of like gather the equipment as you go along and then you can obviously expand your business into different areas i'll buy stuff that just looks neat too i mean if you watch my video you see that trench digger I, I wasn't looking for one of those at all, but it was just for sale locally. And I was like, oh, let's give this machine a try. Just- so is it the curiosity of how the machine works or a challenge to, to see if you can work it and fix it? Both. So I want to talk about your kind of, <laughs> your jobs. Because um, I've got some written down here and you can add to them. Um, I've got mechanic, builder, videographer, YouTuber, business owner, machinist, welder, property maintenance business. Yeah, I guess you could put them all into separate categories. I mean, you could call them a few jobs because, yeah, there's people out there who specialize in any one of those. And it's, I mean, to do what I'm doing, I kind of needed to be able to do all that different stuff. And a bit of a plug for people who are listening. um, Do you design your own merchandise too? Well, I have those t-shirts. I I don't know if I was going to keep... It's kind of more work than it's worth selling those things. I don't know how people want to push those, so I almost kind of hide that I'm selling those. But yeah, I checked out the the eBay yeah. link on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I I still have t-shirts. I I think when I run out this time, I don't think I'm gonna get more. So yeah, yeah, I did design design those. I used um the back has a photo of my castle, so essentially that was a photo I took with my drone, and then used Photoshop to make it look right as a black and white or you know two color thing on a t-shirt so yeah that's that's one one thing i learned in school we did have a photoshop class in high school right that was useful and html do you think that's where the kind of the the light bulb or the seed was planted for kind of starting the videos for youtube um that that's a good question i was videotaping stuff pretty early on because my dad got a video camera right as they kind of first came out it was a type where you it was a handheld camera but then you had to carry the vcr with you in a uh in a bag yeah because it took the full-size vhs tapes but it was you know pretty much you're carrying the whole vcr with you so yeah i used to play with that video camera when i was little and then i got a newer one 
which recorded on like VHS C tapes, which was a little bit better because you didn't have to carry a VCR with you. Um, and then, but then when I first got my first GoPro, that really changed things because that was a uh, much more practical camera to use. Oh, I bet, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always like taking photos and videos, and it's 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 cool to be able to you know videotape. It's it's cool that people are interested in the in the stuff I'm doing, and I'm able to share it with people you know so easily with this great camera equipment that's of you know that's come out in the past ten years or so. Yeah, I sh I should have started sooner. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. Your first video I've got when I looked on your YouTube was published uh, twenty sixteen, eleventh of Feb. Yeah, yeah, that's when I started putting it on YouTube. Um, I really really should have started sooner, but um, before YouTube. I used to have this web server just kind of hosted off my, you know, computer at my house and I'd share stuff that way. I guess in as far as videos, like the one I did where it was, it was titled me talking about every vehicle I've ever had, that one's got a lot of really old footage in it. I mean, it's even got some stuff in there, you know, um, I think when I was like four years old, I would talked about every car I've ever had. So I even had me in my Power Wheels Jeep when I was like three or four years old, had me in my first three-wheeler when I was seven years old. My first four-wheeler when I was, I don't know, 10 years old. Um, that's got some old stuff in it. So you've always kind of collected the footage and stored it then? Yes. Right, okay. So you've, you've always wanted to film things? Yeah, yeah, I, I always pretty much did. Okay, and then you kind of upload your first video to YouTube. When did you kind of see the, the results of, uh, I suppose, people wanting to watch your videos? I, You know, I don't even know why I started doing it. I think I started doing it because... I always thought time-lapse stuff looked cool mm. and the GoPro was set up to do time-lapse stuff. So if you look, a lot of my oldest videos are just time-lapse because it seemed like a neat way to film the excavation videos. But then I kind of realized, oh, well, I can, you know, the whole video shouldn't just be a time-lapse. I should do some normal speed stuff and explain the project and do like an outro. And then I make sure whenever I do a video that it always tells a complete story. You know, I think that's, you know, key to why the my videos are pretty watchable because a lot of people don't have you know, they'll put videos up, but it doesn't always make sense to the person watching because it's not, you know, because the person watching isn't there. They don't know what, you know, all the stuff that you know as a video t taper. So you got to tell the story properly for, you know, someone else to watch because then so they can be entertained and understand what's happening. And I'm, I'm sure there's like film school and stuff that teaches all that stuff. But Oh, yeah, there is. But obviously you, yeah. did, you didn't go yeah. to that, did you? Where, where did you no. pick up? Where did you pick up these sort of like ideas on how how to, to, you know, like you said, it needs to tell a story. How did, where did you realize that? Well, probably just from watching stuff. It's not a bad idea to just go watch bad YouTube videos and then almost kind of take notes. You know, why is this video bad? What could have fixed it? I mean, one guy I was watching on YouTube for a while, it was called Bad Movie Reviews, and he would just go through, watch all these movies and just explain the problems with them, whether it be the storytelling or cinematography errors or, I mean, you name it. But I mean, that, that's the other thing too, this cinematography. Like I always push hard to make sure all my camera gear is, is as good as it could be as far as the audio being good and it looking right. And So when did you see kind of your, your, your sort of, I suppose, success in your view from YouTube? You know, one day I just noticed I was putting videos up and I was posting them on, I think, Facebook just to share with, uh, you know, people I know locally, but then all of a sudden I was noticing I was getting like subscribe. I didn't even realize the subscriber thing. I was all of a sudden like, oh, look at all these people subscribing to, to my stuff. And I just kept on doing it. And I, I never even started 
you know, I know people, a lot of people want to get on YouTube because they, you, they hear you can make money. And yes, that's true. But that, I didn't even know that when I first started doing it. I was just doing it for fun. Um, and I didn't even want to monetize this word for that. I didn't even want to monetize them. I was like, no, nah, that ruins them. It adds ads to them. Um, I put, I mean, you know, these videos, like I do spend every night editing probably a good three, four hours to, for the, you know, cause I, I do everything myself. It, it'd be nice to have hire like an editor, but it's, that's all me. And it, it is, it is a full-time job editing stuff. I think that's the, the kind of the, the key takeaway message in that don't get into things for the money. It, it's, it's got to be about the passion. Yeah. A hundred percent. And usually the money it appears even when you're not pushing for it, um, if you're doing if you're doing something you're passionate about, you know whether it's an art or, or anything, it 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 turn the it will make sense if if you're good at it. So that that kind of started off with just filming your jobs, did it? Because at at the you know you, you say you spend four hours to three hours a day editing. Has that shifted how you are with your maintenance business? I remember for a while I was doing lawnmowers, you know, I, I remember at, at night when it got dark out, I would always figure I could fix like two or three push mowers a night. Um, so I'd be working on them till about, you know, I'm kind of a night owl or whatever you call that. And I'd be working till about midnight every night fixing lawnmowers. Um, but since I've been busy editing now, I'm, I'm doing that instead of stuff like that. I mean, yes, I do get less stuff done because of the amount of time I spend in front of a computer editing. Like, you know, imagine if I didn't have to do that, I, I could be something could be in the garage right now getting where i mean my dump truck's in the garage right now and needs a bunch of body work um I, I could be doing anything inside really you obviously enjoy making these videos yeah does performance motivate you too performance of, of what so watch count and other engagement metrics yeah i mean i want to make stuff that people want to see that so if, if video doesn't do well or I mean not well I mean I, I guess not every subject's going to be as appealing as, as the others but yeah I, I mean a lot of the jobs I take now I try to do pick the work I do based on how interesting it is right um, okay so, so I gave up a lot of repetitive jobs I took I used to do a lot of just gravel deliveries there's you know there's really no video out of that or very minimal um, and it's, plus it gets really repetitive so now I'm just like if a, if a job is interesting I'll take it. I mean, a good example is like that. I think my best video on YouTube, as far as view count, is moving this antique truck. And I, I, I remember actually that truck. Like I saw the ad come up because it was local. It was like oh, free oil truck. It was a really cool looking oil truck for free across the river. Um, and then my buddy calls me up. He's like, hey, you want to help me move this truck? I, I want. It. I was like, oh, you want that oil truck? Yeah, let's go. Let's go grab it. I knew that'd be a cool video, you know, right from the start. And. Um, and it, yeah, and it, and it was, that was, um, you know, we, that, that my, my buddy wanted that antique truck for his shop. He's going to make it into a sign, but it was sitting way back in the woods with no tires on it, had been there 30 plus years. Um, you know, the one neighbor, the property had just sold, but the one neighbor came over as we were messing with it. He's like, oh, this truck, you know, his older guy. He's like, this truck has been here since I've been a little kid, you know, gave us the whole history on the thing. Um, and he was glad to see it go to a good home because a lot of people were like, oh, it's, you know, scrap metal. Like, no, dude, that's not scrap metal. Come on. This is cool. It's like, and my friend, you know, we brought it back. It took us a while to get the thing on a trip. It took every bit of three excavators yeah. to get that thing moved. And then, um, so it, that was quite the show right there. And then, uh, you know, we got on the trailer, unloaded it. It's still sitting in front of my friend's house, but he just got, he's going to get that thing running. People keep asking about it. He got a new motor and transmission for it because the motor it's in it is completely locked up. Um, but, but yeah, I, I take, I take jobs based on how interesting 
I figured they'll be so that's a nice way to be isn't it at the moment you know being able to sort of pick and choose the work yeah I mean another great thing that's happened from it is I spent most of the year just working on my own building and I'm glad I was in a position where I was able to do that because um, I wasn't stuck having to take all these different jobs to, to to make money I was able to just to to do something like that when you know it's where it caught you know whole cost money the whole way the whole project but and you're going to glaze that are you 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 you're planning on enclosing that whole um metal roof structure yeah um pretty much since june i've been working pretty much full time on closing that whole thing in and i am extremely close to being done um the all the walls got made out of steel diamond plate with like metal studs everything's made out of steel like thick steel you know either eighth inch or three sixteenths thick and i put in a bunch of windows and it's 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 sealed the whole building up it's and there'll be a video on that probably in the towards the end of november right okay there's been a lot of work in that hey it's probably four or five months of work covered in that one video i don't know how long it's probably going to be two or three hours long but just covering all the yeah that's that's why i haven't had a lot of videos out in the past few months is because i've been doing that and there's a lot of days where it's like not that much interesting stuff happened you know like a whole day will maybe be minutes in the video yeah because there's a lot of uh, welding you know at 80 percent yeah. of what i see you doing on that on that was was welding i guess you must be surprised in a way that people are watching your videos when when you are doing those sometimes yeah yeah it's, it's neat to know people are interested in what i'm doing because so. what brought me into your video was when you were building the the container home Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's got like a couple of million hits, but you like, just before I came on the call, I checked your best performing video and, and I think it's like 15 million or 12 million on doing the driveway. Really? The gravel oh. driveway. Yeah. 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 That was a fun one. Are you surprised how sometimes some videos take off and then some, some don't? Yeah. Yeah. That one went better than I expected. So when you were saying like, obviously trying to get that, that truck out, the, the stuck truck. Do, do, do you have ideas beforehand of what you're gonna what you're gonna create in terms of content or it does it sort of come on the fly both right okay both. I mean a lot of projects I'll almost make a a storyboard of you know I, I mean it's rare that I write like down scripts or or not really script more of a storyboard but usually it's just in my head um one, you know a few examples of times where I've actually had to write down a big list of things to get for a video um like the video I did on excavator thumbs. And unfortunately, that one didn't get the views. It probably deserved the amount of information and work I put into that one. But it, I mean, I guess it's probably a little too much on the educational side. But that's a, but that one I had like a whole clipboard of shots I had to get for the day and almost like a script to, of things I needed to say because I was like thinking about that one for almost like a year just because people kept asking me all these and it's all it is on excavator thumbs and people kept asking me all these questions on excavator thumbs and I was like alright let me answer all these questions in one video I tried to cover everything I could think of and I think I pretty much nailed it in that video Do you enjoy the sense of community on, on YouTube? Yeah I've um, met a lot of cool people from there too um people watching the videos and then you know it's local people or, or even if they're not local I, I've, I've met people online this is one guy i met on there who helps me out with computer stuff you know pretty regularly and you know we've you know we've never met before but just you know we talk 
and you know if I ever have a computer question, he's he's right there because that's that's what he's doing all like all day every day is computer stuff. So it's like you know he knows he's got it. Um, but yeah, I, I've met a lot of cool people f from YouTube too. You know that one video I put up where I um did all I was welding, and then this guy texted me. He's like, "Hey, I, you know I live a few hours from you. I watched your video where you were got all that welding that needs to be done. That's a crazy amount of work. Can I come up and help you weld?" And I was like, I was like. I said, yeah, I was like, come over. And the guy was super cool. We ended up going jet skiing a few times this year. Um, and, you know, he stayed up there. He was there up there like two, three days just welding full time with me. And we really got caught up on the welding because at that stage in the project, I was working with uh, two other guys putting all the steel in place. And we put like we'd be setting all these big beams and stuff. And then, you know, I'd weld them enough so they're not moving anywhere. But as the full product, I wanted everything fully welded to everything, which really isn't necessary, but I just kind of built it that way anyway. And that was nice that that guy came and helped, helped catch it up. Yeah, definitely. One thing I, I, I find entertaining, and, it, and I, I also feel it can fit into like perhaps the negative side of YouTube is, is some of the comments um, that people leave. Uh, I want to call them um, couch mechanics that, where they think they know everything and, and kind of tell you how it is. Does that affect you in any kind of way, these people who, who do leave perhaps comments that are negative? Um, a little bit. I mean, you kind of kind of have to have thick skin if you're putting yourself out on the Internet like that. Um, I, I do got to say, though, my videos are probably – I get a lot less of that then I'm sure plenty of other people too. And and the other way to look at it too is, you know, I'm putting on stuff on there to to start discussions on projects. So if someone has a different opinion on how to do something, you know, maybe they represented their opinion with the wrong tone, unfortunately. Like they don't have to go throw an insult on something too if they don't like the way you're doing something. But I do try to answer questions. I mean, there's not a lot of that. It, it is, you know, a little frustrating when you see that too. But when you've got... When you're putting yourself out there, that's that's just part of it. Yeah, it just so, comes with it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, there, it, it does bug. It, you know, leaving mean comments like that though is kind of, um, it, it, it can bug people. So it does bug people sometimes. But, no, it's understandable. Try, like, so try not to. Yeah. You know, I can. Other people can read it from an entertainment factor, and I, I also see there are that you know. A, your fans who who do back you up and sort of like shoot down these people as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the word for that is trolls. Sometimes they'll go. I mean, the best way to do it, if if you're going to be a troll, is to try to leave like a witty kind of comment. But it's, um, I don't. I mean, it's. I don't have a lot of it. It's it's rare. It's it's very rare that I have to like remove a comment from YouTube or something like that. So, have you got any tips for anyone who wants to get into YouTube? That that one video I did on the talking about every vehicle I've ever done. I wanted to have really good audio for that so i went and got this um it's made by sure but it's like a audio audio interface i think it's called and it it takes the like the professional type microphone with the big plug and the the big difference i noticed was even all the computer mics i had no matter what when you weren't making noise there was always a hiss in the background like it's even if it was very slight when i got this there is zero hiss whatsoever so just so the audio can be as good as it can be yeah, that's a good point, having good audio quality. Uh, my audio's appalling. I'm at my mate's place at the moment, and the fridge hums. I also don't have a good microphone to begin with. I'm just recording directly 
onto my iPad. So no complaints, please, to the people who are listening. What I think is actually more important is the ability to tell a good story or filming a sequence that allows that story to be told, like you do with uh, your videos. Have you got any tips when it comes to filming or the way you set up cameras? I mean, yeah, it falls into the cinematography category and making sure your cinematography is good as far as the, I mean, audio is a big one, you know, like, you know, wind is a good way to mess up audio. Um, you know, make sure all the levels are proper, you know, don't drown stuff out with music. That was one big complaint I used to get was was too much music, too loud of music. So the only time I'll have music is if there's no sound whatsoever, but now even a lot of drone footage, I, I try to get audio for it. If there's audio that's available, like if I'm using the drone to film a machine or something and it makes sense to have audio, I'll, I'll capture it now. You know, from I'll use the, uh, I'll just, I'll pull it from the GoPro. You do the clap to line it up, you know, three, two, one, clap. And then, uh, and then you got the audio for the, then, then bind that audio to the drone audio, the drone video. What do you think to these new cameras that can film a complete 360 image? Are you a fan of those? Do you use them at all? Yeah, I use those all the time. They work excellent. I have the GoPro, I think it's called a Max. Um, it, it does the best on a selfie stick, um, doing selfie stuff. So close-up stuff, uh, action stuff works really well because the stabilization is unlimited because um, it's impossible to shake it because it's recording every direction. And yeah, I've seen excellent results of the thing. For I mean, for that application, I mean, you're, you're probably not going to record a whole video with a 360 camera, but, but there's, um, and, and there's two ways to deal with that footage. So, uh, the first way, the way I've been doing it is you get the 360 files off the computer, then essentially what you're going through, cause it records every direction. So you, I, at before editing, what I'll do is I'll go through that file and I'm aiming the camera where the camera's looking, where the end user is going to end up watching. So that's a little bit of a chore right there. Um, but it, it works because it does a really good job, you know, for the, for some applications, that type of camera. The other way to deal with the 360 footage is to just upload it as a 360 file. And then the end user, the person watching has the option to look wherever they want. And that the first time you see it, it does seem super cool. Like, Oh wow, this is really cool. But then you kind of realize it's a little bit of a job to keep having to look in the right spot when you know, me, the person who edited could have just did that job for them. The one exception to that, which doesn't totally fit with my videos is you can upload it. You know, sometimes some different people may want to look in different spots. Um, you know, a good example is that like, if you're doing a 360 tour of a house for as maybe a realtor or something. So you go through it, you just walk through the house recording and then people watching the video, they can look wherever they want to look. That's that's one application where there's probably a better way to deal with the, the footage. You have a great attitude as it is with 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 kind of things that if something's broken and you try one method and you, you're very happy to show um, your methods failing and then trying to overcome them. Is that something you, you, you want to demonstrate that failing is OK? Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you make learn a lot of stuff is from from failing. You know, because you, you could demonstrate like, oh, here's a way to do it. Didn't work, you know, and you just re and then maybe take it, take a step back, reapproach it with a different method. But it's it's good to show 
because sometimes like I'll do something and then someone will suggest like, oh, why didn't you do it this way? And I'll be like, well, well, I did try it that way. It didn't didn't work or wouldn't work or so it's nice to show just the whole process so what are the kind of plans for the future did did youtube surprise you because i i expect you you're making um a nice living from from youtube it's happened slow it i mean i guess the best way is it's exciting because it opens up you know i'm not stuck doing things i don't want to do so i mean like i was saying before i was able to to, you know, I'm not by any means being lazy at all. I spent the whole year working on my building, and I'm glad I was in a position where I was able to do that. As far as future, I mean, yeah, I, I know the future coming. I wanted, I can't wait for my that this building phase that I'm in right now to be done, because I'm going to start taking a lot more jobs for customers again, because that's been pretty light for the year because of the building. Um, so, because and, and people have been asking, like, does this guy take jobs anymore? I'm like, y yes, I do. I'm just finishing this building that took the whole year, which you know I didn't want to spend a whole year building it, but that's just how long it took. So, so yeah, there'll there'll be a lot more jobs again. Um, my goal is to take interesting stuff, um, ideally things that take one to three days, four days, but just stuff that's really interesting that I haven't done before. You know, you know the thing. I have a lot of B-roll stuff too, where I don't feel it's good enough to publish on my channel. So it's like, kind of like, what do I do with? And I've been even labeling stuff that way lately too, like you know, B-roll, because I feel like it waters down the stuff I put a ton of work into. Um, which it's kind of a shame because I can't. Like I, I, so there's there are people that want to watch anything I record. Um, and I've been po I have I there's this fan club on Facebook. I didn't have anything to do with making that. I wasn't even part of it for a while, but I, I finally joined that and I started posting like a lot of the B-roll stuff on there just as unlisted. And but a lot of people say make another channel. Um, so, I mean, sometimes there's stuff that's not that interesting. Another video that's coming out, I'm actually I was saving it for a year, uh, December 1st. I had, um, I mean, like you were saying before about like publishing mistakes. Um, I had on my building project, I had my old crane driving up my hill uh, thing the engine quit at the top of the hill and the brakes aren't what they should be and I had to jump out of the thing and roll backwards flipped over and I didn't uh, so I got a video on that that I'm going to publish probably December 1st because um, I wanted it to tell a complete story I ended up moving the crane along to my buddy who should, I hope he's got it fixed by now because I told him like dude you, I'm going to publish this video in December if you want like because I'm going to put in the description like here's the link to my buddy fixing the crane I've noticed that. I've noticed that, that like yeah. some of the footage is kind of like a year, a couple of years old. You kind of yeah. like hold on to it until the right moment. Uh, yeah, I get behind on editing too. So if stuff isn't that good, maybe it doesn't get edited right away. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It's e I mean, it's easy to record stuff. Um, you know, when it comes time to edit it, it's or if it's like a B quality. I mean, sometimes I'll post stuff that's like, oh, this is B quality. Nobody wants to watch it, and like people love it. I'm like, Jesus, that's. I guess I should be posting more of it, but, uh, but yeah, I have a lot of stuff that's just not edited. That's do, so. Do you enjoy the editing process? Y yeah, yeah. It just takes a ton of time, but yes, I'm still using GoPro Studio, which it's it's not perfect, but it I'm used to using it. So yeah, that's the thing with those sort of tools, isn't it? Once you get into that the habit of using one piece of software, it's hard to move on to another. It certainly is. Yeah, the GoPro Studio has it. Too. I, I kind of want to make the jump to 5K soon because the new GoPro, I and mean, that's pretty much what I use primarily, and the new GoPro records in 5K. The one thing I learned from the past is always 
I used to like put the cameras on low settings or whatever, like, oh, I'll save hard drive space or whatever. Now it's like, and then a bunch of years goes by and like, you know, hard drives are 10 times or, or more the size they were, you know, years ago. And, and I kind of wish, oh, I had just cranked that camera up to its full capability. So um, everything I record now is in 4K. I kind of want to make the jump to five soon, but that's GoPro Studios, kind of the bottleneck on that. Actually, I think even YouTube is too. I don't know if you go upload five K to YouTube. Or I think it's only four K at the moment. One of the things I was yeah. thinking for your for your footage and stuff, uh, just just an idea is, have you considered Patreon? Yeah, I feel like that's begging, and people do right. ask me that pretty often, and I've always said no. I'm not gonna beg for money. I don't want free money. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't. It it's a handout. It's it's a. I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I don't know if the word's manly or whatever, but it doesn't seem like money. I, I mean, it doesn't feel like money I earned. Right, okay. So that's why I've never taken that. I mean, I could change that if I really don't want it to because I'm, I'm sure that would, uh, I'm sure that would be quite a bit because I've had a lot of people saying, oh, let's, um, I, I remember one time too, I was putting these videos on my old truck and someone's like, dude, let me, let me buy you. I mean, I don't know what, how the guy's position was and how well off he was, but he's like, let me buy you a new pickup truck. And I'm like, nah, dude, that's, come on. That's too generous of a, wow. I, I, I don't, I don't want handouts. That's kind of how I'm just the way you've been brought up. huh? Yeah. I mean, I can't say that hundred percent. Some of those attachments that have shown up in videos, um, I don't want my videos to be commercials at all, but people have given me stuff like, Hey, you want this? You know, it hasn't been anything spectacular, but a few of the skid steer attachments that have come recently have just been, um, you know, like, hey, you know, we see your videos, you're you're cool. I think this could help you out. One example, that mixer, that was probably the best give thing that was handed to me. Um, that cement, I actually wanted one of those too, and then the company reached out to me like, hey, we think this would be perfect for you. So it's definitely opened some doors for you. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't jumped on all of them at all but it's I'm, I'm sure i'm missing up the amount of people that want to talk to me just from those videos too is a little overwhelming so it's kind of i'm sure it's it's not everyone and i have people got like a, a annoyed or whatever and I'm, you're not talking to them but it's like dude the amount of people that want to talk to me i could spend all my time just playing on that phone responding to messages respond so i limit to that to a certain amount of time per day you know i did this one with you like it, it's kind of, there's other people have wanted to do this. people have paid like offered to pay me money for interviews and stuff I'm like dude i don't want to do that. that's weird i mean i don't know but at least something like this i feel like oh i can reach out to a big crowd of people or whatever and maybe answer a bunch of the commonly asked questions how's that fame gone down with you Vane? has it has it been a little bit uncomfortable no no not really that's all right it's all right i'm not i don't want to use the word fame sometimes you're out somewhere and someone's like hey i watch you on youtube that's you know that's that's fun it's fun to it's fun to meet people like that. Too. So, what kind of career questions have you got asked that maybe you, you want to answer in this? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think we've covered some of them. But I'm trying to think of yeah, I like I I liked your question like oh, what do you want to continue doing in the future? I mean, that's I guess I, I mostly answered that. It's going to be more. I mean, I could put some some crazy projects out there too, like that I kind of want to do that may not get done. Like I wanted to get this, uh, I'm trying to buy this other piece of property and I'd love to build a small version of my building. I think that'd be fun. Okay. I know people would love that. So, and, and when I built my first building, you know, the castle, I didn't film it from, you know, day one. 
So in this case, I could start, you know, like I may do things a little bit differently and, and then film it from day one. So that's, that's a project I'd like to do. So kind of the things you've learned from building that and the lessons that maybe you do things a bit differently? Um, a little bit. I don't feel I made any mistakes on that building. If I was to build that building again, exactly. If someone, if someone else wanted that same building, which I think makes sense. I think that is a very practical building to build, use to build. It wouldn't be much different. Um, the only thing I'd maybe do a little bit different because I knew it was going to be, you know, that hot, the, the, you know, right now the things like four stories, I knew it was going to be four stories, but it was two stories for years before it was four stories. Like I'd maybe build the, the framework a little differently if, if you're going to do the four stories in, in one shot, but it's, I mean, it's not really making it different. It's just. What's the reason for wanting a, a smaller building? Is it that's why I was asking about doing things different? Was it the practicality of heating it? No, not a, no. I just I thought it'd be fun to build like a little mini castle. It's just like almost a scaled down version. But I was gonna do more concrete, more poured walls. That's something I kind of want to get into is concrete form stuff. So, tell me a day in the life, Andrew. Like for for the people who because. You said you said something earlier about coming across lazy, and, and I certainly don't think you come across as that in, in any of your videos. What what kind of uh, time are you waking up? Uh, I'm not an early person. Usually nine or so. Right. Okay. Maybe ten. I mean, sometimes earlier, depending. But you, I'm not an early bird at all. Yeah. I mean, as far as day in the life, I don't, I don't know. I start to have breakfast and then just. Go, go outside and start doing whatever whatever the job is. Right, so is there a plan in your head? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually, that's one thing I do pretty often is I'll make notes of what I need to be doing. I just make lists of stuff to do. Just list and just cross them out as they get done. So. And how long are you working for? Because you, you say about like doing your, your, your editing in the evening. Um, well, now the days are shorter, but it, it really depends on the day and the job that's getting done. But, um, you know, I mean, today I knew I had this, so I came and ready for it but i mean usually since it's i'm usually there's plenty of editing to do so like once it gets dark out i just start editing so you work with like the seasons by the sounds of it yeah right okay okay so what yeah. what is it then you do to relax is it is it editing or is, is it because i know you you do your jet skiing and, and you go off on your atvs and things like that is there anything else that people don't perhaps see um um, your passions are? I, I probably have, I mean, I watch TV sometimes. I maybe watch 20 minutes of TV before bed. Yeah. There's stuff on YouTube, mostly mostly educational stuff, but you, not always. Yeah, you don't really come across much as a, as a TV watcher, to be honest. Andrew, it's been lovely chatting. You're welcome. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right, Thank you to all the people that listened all the way through to the end. If anyone's out there who can help me in any kind of way with quality or audio, or if you've just got any feedback about the show, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, send an email to sid at mail.uk. Cheers.